everyone. My name's Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel. We like to call Not Comics. This is Not Comics special number 16, where we don't have any new Marvel movies out. We do have a lot of Marvel controversy in the news, but we'll talk about that later. Um, instead, we do have our return to our trip through the X-Men franchise of films and rejoining us once again is our dear friend sarah sentry welcome back to the show sarah thank you hey this- sarah are you uh, regretting this decision to do all these x-men movies at this point because I, <laughs> I think i think we've passed all the good ones so we got a ways to go oh i'm having a great time <laughs> <laughs> We haven't passed all the good ones. What are you talking no, about? No, that's true. That's true. There's like, there's like two more, I think. Like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I like all of this we'll to a greater or lesser extent, but you know, this is yeah. this one we're going to do tonight might be the nadir of my experience. Um, but there's still a really? lot of okay. yeah, there's still a lot of good stuff I think to talk about, and uh, we're dancing around it. X Men Origins Wolverine. Yay! Schnicks. Schnicks. Yeah. <laughs> so a little shout out to uh, a friend of the show, Jason Venable, who is the host of the podcast that goes snicked. Um, so hope you enjoy our conversation here, Jason. But um, yeah, so, you know, we have had X-Men and X2 and X-Men The Last Stand. And now we're going to start doing some one shot origin solo pieces, beginning with Wolverine and having several others that no. Uh, just Wolverine. <laughs> but that was the goal, right? That's why it's called X-Men Origins. Like, they were going to do more. And well, they I, did. My understanding is that after Wolverine, they were going to do Magneto. And uh-huh. that be- is what became the first class film. Okay. Uh, oh. Because <laughs> it, it's a weird title otherwise. Like, why yeah. call it X-Men Origins and then Wolverine and then never do another one? It's kind of weird. Right, right. But if you think about the concept of first class, it's very much a Magneto origin story and the rest of the X-Men as well. Uh-huh. What would you say, Sarah? Oh, just, you know, this movie, I think, uh, they were just like, the, the important X-Men we talked about. Like, Wolverine, right? Right. right. They clearly, clearly, clearly like Wolverine in these, in this series, but... <laughs> They're already his movies anyway. But that kind of reflects the comics, right? I mean... Yep. <laughs> Wolverine and his X-Men... Okay, so this is, um, I don't even know the year that we're in right now. I should have been more prepared for this. When are we in history? Is this 2007, 2008? I'm looking it up right now. 2009. Maybe. It is. It is 2009. I was right. Wow. So time has been flying by. My son was born this year. Wow. 10 now. Yeah, he's 10 now. Yeah. The same age that James Howlett was when he tragically lost his. Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I hope Keenan doesn't sprout claws from his arms. Oh, Why? Um, that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. It is awesome when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can heal up it'd, afterwards. It'd be great mm. if my son could pop claws. That'd be amazing. Anyway. <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a weird like mental connection because like just last night I did a podcast recording about the Weapon X uh, original Marvel Comics Presents storyline. Oh yeah. So like 
that's actually in my head a lot more than this film is. Um, so when you said James Howlett, I was like, wait a second, James Howlett, what does that have to do? Oh, wait, that's the opening part of the movie. <laughs> and then I have my joke, which is he's called James Howlett because he howlett the moon like a wolverine. <laughs> like a wolverine. Because, you know, wolverines, all the howling that those rodents do. They sure do. <laughs> Wow, I've those never are some read, of the um, best parts of this whole movie, so I guess we shouldn't get so far ahead of ourselves. Well, we usually do the whole, like, you know, do we remember what when we saw it and what do we think of it, or what do we think of it thing, if we want to do that first. Yes, so you weren't seeing movies at this point, Sarah, right? You had sworn <laughs> off superhero films? Yeah, I just watched it uh, for for this podcast, so <laughs> this is my what? first Oh yeah, I had gosh. never seen it. I think I walked by one time whenever my brother was watching it, and I was just, I made fun of him, I think, and then just, like, closed the door <laughs> to my room. <laughs> okay, well, so, interesting. so Good just first to clarify, <laughs> whenever we were talking last month and I said, do you want to maybe skip around and do, the, like, some highlights, and you said, no, let's watch all of them, that's because <laughs> there are several of these you haven't seen yet. Right, I haven't seen them, so it's beneficial for me to oh, reason to watch them. That's fantastic. I hadn't realized. <laughs> I'm so happy now. Okay. Uh, Michael, where were you? I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or whatever, but I have seen this movie many times. I like all the Wolverine movies, even though I kind of feel like they all sort of tank in the end, or at least mm-hmm. two out of three of them tank in the end a little bit for some reason. Like the script writers just went home early, but... I enjoy them, and in this particular case, watching it for this show, which I did, and I probably didn't have to, but I did, I did notice weird things like the special effects really aren't holding up as well as I remember, <laughs> like kind of horribly bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also things I liked better, like for instance, the whole Deadpool thing is really not as bad of a sting anymore because we have awesome Deadpool movies now, yeah. so it's really like just just the mo- this amusing thing that happened that got us cool Deadpool movies. So like back when this first came out that was the big uproar was Deadpool and that doesn't really matter anymore so much. So different perspective, but I still enjoyed it. I think it's pretty good, pretty solid, good character film. I think one of the things that helps to lower this film in some people's esteem is that last year Iron Man happened, The Incredible Hulk happened, The Dark Knight happened mm-hmm. all in 2008. And now here we are. We have this, you know, promise of the Avengers. We've got, you know, Captain America and Thor on the horizon and X-Men Origins Wolverine happens. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay, Um, that's an interesting choice. So I don't remember going to see it. It would have been uh, right before I moved from Connecticut to Texas. So I probably saw it with my daughter. I probably Mm -hmm. saw it. Oh, no, no, no. Um I may have seen it with some work friends. I don't know. But I don't really have a memory of going to see it. Sadly, my Swiss cheese brain does not hold that part. <laughs> but uh, she would have been old, just old enough to start coming to movies with me. She went to Iron Man with me and with a little bit of, you know, whisper talking and kind of helping her make sure she was following the story. She enjoyed Iron Man and she has seen every MCU film with me in the theaters. So she probably saw this with me, too. Cute. Yep, yep, yep. That's so, adorable. what's that? I said that's so adorable. Yeah, I tried to raise a good nerd girl. She, uh, she really does enjoy the superhero films, and um, <clears throat> the the Wolverine film. Okay, so 
we start this film, like you said, it's James Howlett. It's his childhood. Um, it's a little bit different because, you know, remember context, the X-Men origin comic series that inspires the opening of this film was a very recent publication. Like, probably had just come out when they were starting to, like, come up with script ideas for this movie. Three years earlier, I want to say 2006 is when that comic series happened. Which I've never read. Still haven't read. Oh. So I don't know how on the nose they went, but it I flipped through it, and it looks like it was pretty direct, right? Except for the entire lack of blood. Well, <laughs> yeah, we don't get that for a while. Also, no, no, it's, no. Like, it's like 12 seconds of the movie or something. I think it's like less than a minute. Uh, the, the series was six issues long, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it got, you know, I mean, the important parts, except for the part where all of a sudden Sabretooth is the brother or something. That was a little strange, but. He's not his yeah. brother. I don't know. Uh, in the comic, he has not thinking at the very beginning that he's his dad. And then we turn to find out that, no, that's not true. That's just a big old joke that Sabretooth played. Yeah, um, it's a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your dad. <laughs> I love it. I have no memory. You might actually be. <laughs> Wolverine has such bad memories that Sabretooth is like, and now I'm going to really mess with him, and it's good. Um, (laughs) So he's his brother in this film, and I kind of love their opening relationship in this story. They're like decades of camaraderie. What's his face is awesome as Sabretooth, in my opinion. I'm kind of sad that he never did anything else with it, you know? Or they didn't do anything with him, I guess. Mm -hmm. we talked about this a little bit in X-Men, um, but the Sabretooth in X-Men and X2 is such a pale comparison to this. Oh, yeah. That, like, watching this makes that feel even less than it was. Because, you, you know, ostensibly you should be able to put this on and then go watch the original X-Men movie. But it's just like, oh, my God, Sabretooth, what are you like, in that movie? It's not even the same it can't be the same guy. It's got to be some other mutant that just bogarted the name or something. I'd buy that because, for a dollar. Because, like, at this point, this universe is still kind of tight. It's going to go to hell pretty soon. Once we get to first class and stuff, it just goes bonkers with time and all that stuff. But right now, it's still supposed to be tight, and these first three films were pretty tight. And so the idea that this Sabretooth is the same one that was in X-Men, the first X-Men, is just craziness to me. Um, as a pacifist, I'm not a huge fan of, of war type stuff, but it is just really kind of neat to see them, you know, fighting together and, and standing up for each other and being there for each other until, you know, Sabretooth's sort of, you know, bastard side to his personality starts coming out more and more and more. I thought it was kind of funny because it's just all of the wars. I was in all of the wars. <laughs> I've been in every war. Fighting with my brother, like... Then things go awry, but you knew they were going to. I think this version of Sabretooth is very different from the one in the comics that I'm used to because that guy is just a really bad guy. And this Sabretooth had a lot more nuance to him, which was surprising, I think, going into it because I didn't expect very much from him. (laughs) Yeah, like there's that bit. I mean, he kind of plays it to where you can almost like him, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's except close for when he, except for when he does bad things. But like you could tell he's a little on the charming side and sometimes he makes good decisions. But like Wolverine was maybe keeping him in the good camp as hard as he could. And then it just went away once he wasn't in his life anymore, I guess. I don't know. 
But I love that montage. I think that's all good. I thought the beginning with the kid in the claws and the berserker rage was a little on the hokey side. Like that, I didn't quite sell me. Just huh? seemed a little silly. But the pajamas didn't help, or whatever those were. Long, <laughs> the long johns and stabbing the guy and all that was just kind of hokey. But after that, the montage, you know, settled me into the movie. That was pretty good stuff. Well, I always think it's so strange when people call Wolverine Jimmy because I'm so used to him doing the. It's Logan, Bub, you know, like that super mm-hmm. deep voice and being tough all the time. So when people are hollering at him and say, hey, Jimmy, it just yeah. makes me crack up. It is, it is definitely it's weird. It's name, but does it so, fit Logan? So one of my, like, biggest, like, oh, my gosh, why did they make that choice about this movie? And I, I mentioned it a second ago. I just want to go back to it. This is a movie about a man with knives in his arms. Mm-hmm. That he uses to kill people on the regular. Mm-hmm. And there is zero blood in this film. <laughs> there is exactly well, one scene that has blood in it, and that's whenever Silver Fox not dies. Um uh, yeah. and other than that, like he's slashing people and stuff, and there's never You know what's weird though is okay, so the first three movies were the same way, right? There was no blood in any of those movies. But like I never noticed that until I watched Logan. And then the first three minutes of that movie, there's actual stabbing through heads and blood skewing out of nostrils and stuff. And it's like, oh, they've never done this before, have they? <laughs> I this is what Wolverine actually looks like. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, I never noticed that it was all G-rated up until that point. So I guess it never bothered me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It makes way less sense that you're having a guy slash your face across with claws and nothing happens except he falls over. Mm-hmm. I just... You know, you, you don't have to be gross about it, but, you know, like, occasional spots of red on something would just be expected. And yeah. it just has never happened. It, like, it, the the big visceral, like, you know, little boy claws coming out of his arm scene, that's, like, one of the biggest places for it to happen because it's the first time those things have come out of his arms. That should be, you know, some, some they should always They should always have blood because he heals every time, right? He does heal every time. Yeah, I anyway. grew up reading the or watching the X Men animated series, so mm-hmm. he always has his claws out and he never uses them. Right, unless yeah. it's a robot, and then he just uh-huh. trashes the heck out of it. Right. Yeah, he goes sick house on the Sentinels. So, so yeah, I never noticed, but then of course once Logan hits and they raise the bar on how that should really look, and then you go back and like, wow, he just stabbed that guy in the chest and nothing spurted out. That's weird. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so then we meet um, the, the Hobbit and the Green Lantern <laughs> and um, the Not Quite a Blob. He, they, they join basically, and Keenan calls us basically and, the Suicide Squad. Okay, so do we know? Like, obviously, we know Deadpool's a thing and Blob's a thing. Do we? I don't know the the teleporter guy, and I don't know uh, electricity guy from the comics, but I assume they are from the comics. Sarah, yeah, you're actually. Well, uh, I am at a loss for this one. I could not recognize those two and was a little bit baffled by that choice. Um, yeah. I did find, um, I, only, I think of him as Charlie because he was on The Lost as Charlie. Right. Um, right. I did find his character when we were watching the movie. So he definitely exists in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I don't remember Teleporter Guy. 
mm-hmm. teleported guy wore the cowboy hat. Let me see. If, yeah, I, I forget really what their names even are. I remember watching and just being, you know, well, I think. Oh, that- Will I Am is John Rath. Is John Rath a character? Yes, he is. His name's Kestrel. And he first appeared in Wolverine number 60 in 1992. So he's a Wolverine supporting character. Uh-huh. John Wraith. Yes. John Wraith. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Uh, Kestrel is his code name, I guess. Okay. That and count. then there's the blob, and then there's Agent Zero, who is uh, uh, so that X Force is that the MLF Zero? If so, interesting take, <laughs> very different than the comics for sure. I guess I don't know who X Men who Agent Zero was supposed to be. Oh, he was the guy with that could shoot from really mm-hmm. far away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah, for yeah. accurate shots, that's supposed to be Agent Zero, whoever Agent Zero is. Because in the MLF, Zero is the teleporter, right? Huh? In the MLF, Zero is the teleporter, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a bunch of Zero. Uh, Stripe kills him sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Well, Kestrel can teleport too, though. And he doesn't age for some reason. Anyway. So so they all existed. Except maybe, wait, I didn't notice if, uh, what happened to the one guy? You told me he existed, so he, they all existed. The, then, the, right? yeah, the, the Tristan guy. Um, so Will I Am's character, John Wraith, um, I've seen him a little bit in my 90s reading, which is at 1993 at this point. He hasn't really stood out a whole lot. But in the Ultimate X-Men comics, he's like one of – he's kind of the head of the Weapon X stuff role that the uh, army guy is in this, whose name has escaped me at this moment. What's what's his name? It's not Striker. Is it Striker? Yeah, Stryker. yeah Stryker. William Stryker. Stryker. So in, in, in the Ultimate X-Men comics, John Wraith is kind of the William Stryker character oh. that we have here. Um, he is in charge of Weapon X and runs the mutants on missions. Um, okay, so we have all of our characters, and they're all basically uh, a, you know, a suicide squad or whatever. They're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. and does really fun stuff. I like that whole business. Yeah, it was fun, but it's, it's, I was trying to think of like, did they actually important happen? Yeah, we uh, uh, discover adamantium, and we discover that all these guys are jerk kids, and Wolverine leaves. So oh, they go to Africa, what, right? Yeah, and they kill. They start killing women and children to get information, and he doesn't like that. Yeah. And that's where that's how that's how Sabretooth and Wolverine part ways because Wolverine or Sabretooth was just fine with torturing women and children. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> he was. That's what. Kind of what pushed Wolverine to retire and go find a pretty silver fox and hang out with her for half the movie. I just wonder what their courtship must have been like. Like how they met? She touched my lover now and he said, okay. Yeah. (laughs) She caught him howling at the moon one night, was drawn to him. (laughs) She just stands at a distance and looks at that guy and is like, that's the one for me. No, but remember she was she was tricking him the whole time. So really, yeah, she, she was an agent. No, she was uh-huh. an agent. So that means <laughs> that she probably found out what grocery store he was going to and started going to the same grocery store. And like they had like the awkward like pass each other thing in the cereal aisle. And then he turns to the next aisle, and she also turns to the next aisle. And they pass each other again. And they keep on exchanging <laughs> like that. That's sort of awkward. Oh, hi, sorry, yeah. And then you have to decide, okay, do I ignore this person from now on? Or do we actually have a conversation? Because we keep seeing each other, and we have to make a decision. 
So, and she decides to pursue it and laugh shyly and like talk to him. And then they go out for a beer afterward. And that's how they met. Right. And she's like better at pool than he is or something. She's way better at pool than he is. Yeah. And that's, he thinks that's the one for me. That was the meeting story. Well, we'll never know for sure how natural that was because she can manipulate people. So who knows? She makes makes it feel natural. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But I guess she has to be touching them to manipulate them. So I don't know if it – well, it does last because she tells that one guy to walk forever, and he does, and she's not touching him. So, (laughs) And when you're playing pool, there's lots of room for physical contact. You know, you sort of high-five each other. She could have just said, you find me interesting, and he'd have to, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Knows. But you know how it, how is this a implausible thing that Wolverine would not find her interesting? Because hello, it's interesting having read and of course you know Sarah, you've read these and Micah, you've probably read a lot of them too. Um, seeing this film in two thousand nine with no comics and seeing this film and now where like I actually have some nineties comics under my belt and like all the stuff that they've done that Larry Hama did in Wolverine. With uh-huh. the whole like cabin with Silver Fox, that entire concept and yeah. how did it actually happen? Do we even know? Um, yeah, it's it's just weird. Yeah, she's the character of infinite fridging. She's definitely in this place where they just bring her back again and again. Like even in this movie, she gets fridged twice. Sure, whole thing, and then it's oh no, it was a trick. And then at the end, she dies <laughs> again. To yeah make Wolverine feel feelings and because she couldn't live after that because if somebody is that deceptive in a movie then it's like we have to kill this character and she would know his origin so she has to die right Mm -hmm. he has to not know who he is by the end of it and she reaches up and touches his face and says no no this time it's for real (laughs) constant thing yeah it's 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 a problematic concept because I mean she the comics version of Silver Fox is she is as much an agent in all of this as everyone else is. She's running missions with them mm-hmm. and, you know, is very much her own person. And then I don't even know. I, I need to go and read that like 48 through 50 and whatever else happens after that run of Wolverine again. Because mm-hmm. I don't even remember now where it actually landed. Did the cabin in the woods exist or was it all a planted memory? I'm pretty sure it landed with that exact question and we don't know. Yeah, that's the foreverness of Wolverine stories is the uh, question at the very end. But did it happen that way? Because he also remembers things wrong. There was definitely a set piece that was the cabin. So whether they use that or not or they just <laughs> screw with him, I don't know. We don't know. And that's all retconned anyway okay. now, so who cares? But in this, it did happen. It just wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she says that it was real. She said that she did love him, oh, that it was real for her. It was real-ish because she kept this huge secret. So it's not real real because there is some level of manipulation going on regardless, right? And she was more willing to kill him than to ask him to give her some help. So there's that, too. Yeah. Like, if it was really real, she should have said, hey, you know, by the way, I was asked to date you, and I have this sister that's being held hostage. Can you go over there and kill those guys for me? Mm-hmm. And then maybe he would have done that. That said, I do like Silver Fox. I think she was an interesting character. Everybody was kind of interesting in this movie in ways that I thought were very surprising. What's another example? So, yeah. I liked all those guys. Um, <laughs> I, I think Deadpool. I thought Deadpool. that was funny kind of see that's the thing that's the thing to me like even when we didn't have good deadpool movies and this came out i remember feeling like ryan reynolds was 
great as this Deadpool, as close as we're going to get to a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like he had the attitude and the dialogue and, and, and it's like, yeah, I didn't put him in the costume or give him a burn face or, you know, not a burn face, but whatever kind of face he has that healing face thing he's got. But, uh, yeah, he kind of had the attitude, the Merc with the mouth thing. Mm-hmm. And so, they him as like a edge lord guy or something. Yeah. I thought it I was mean, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he was funny. I thought he was funny. And, you know, the whole slicing bullets in half with the sword thing was kind of fun to watch, too, even though that's a little <laughs> departure also. But it was cool. Yeah, there were definitely some good moments with him. I think um, the opinion I've heard before is that until he gets, like, demouthed or whatever, he's actually a really good Deadpool, um, which yeah. is what made us want him to come back and play Deadpool some more. Right. Um, so I, so I I did like him much. So the 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 choices they made as far as what the Deadpool concept was in this film baffling. were just so yeah baffling. Baffling is <laughs> a great word for it. <laughs> sword arms, everything. Didn't you ever want sword arms though? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe not today. Um, not that way. Okay, so we have a lot of cool characters. He and Sabretooth split paths. He goes and lives with Silver Fox. Sabretooth comes back and kills Silver Fox because we can't have female characters who don't just exist for men's stories. And then is that when he goes back to Striker? He tries to kill Sabretooth. He gets his butt kicked. So then Stryker conveniently slips in and says, hey, we're trying to kill Sabretooth too. We have this cool system where we can install on you and then you could really kick Sabretooth's butt. So, of course, he wants that because he wants vengeance, mm-hmm. which, of course, is all a lie because Sabretooth is working with Stryker and the whole thing was a manipulation to see if they can get him to become a weapon for them. Can't believe it. So there's so that's where they dabble in that whole Weapon X miniseries that you just did. A podcast. I'm going to... I want to write a book and call it The Whole Thing Was Manipulation, The Wolverine Story. (laughs) So I'll tell you, I'll say this about this movie. I think it was kind of cool that they didn't, because I'd read that miniseries, the Marvel Comics Presents thing. I think it was kind of cool that they didn't dwell in that too much and they went a different route. Like that movie or that comic, it's like he gets kidnapped and tortured and given all this stuff and then he's like his mind is wiped and he's kind of like a robot for them until he escapes and then he has no memory whereas this movie that part didn't last very long and he got to keep his memory for a while longer afterwards mm-hmm. it was kind of neat or an interesting take because normally once he gets the metal claws he can't remember anything from there on mm-hmm. this one he got to live his life for a little longer until a really stupid plot thing happens at the end yeah Yes. What was the line that I think Stryker says where it's uh, in order to save you, we have to destroy you or something like that? Mm-hmm. I forget. Yeah, that that sounds familiar. There is, um, I think there's a Spider-Man comic title that's like, um, to save you, why must I kill you? Or something <laughs> like that. And it's just it's just one of those comic-y tropes that it's like, you know, to, 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 to do something good, I must do all the bad things. <laughs> And then they had the nurse do the whole, like, once this starts, trying to remember why you're doing this, because it's going to hurt. And he's like, I can take the pain. She's like, no, not this pain. You can't take this pain. <laughs> this, this is the like, worst pain, even for somebody who's been to all the wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the wars. TM. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
I kind of love that he gets um, found by Jonathan and Martha Kent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, well, this, it's a, just not to skip over this because it's freaking glorious and I can't even okay. appreciate it as a straight male but like this is the movie where he finally dons the wolverine bod because <laughs> when, when we rewatched those first three x-men movies i forgot how like kind of skinny and not buffed out he was in those mm-hmm. this is the movie where i guess he must have called the rock and asked him how many sandwiches to eat a day because he is freaking roided out when he busts out of that tank mm-hmm. just like pulling his shirt off he <laughs> could killing everybody i mean holy crud kudos to hugh jackman for just like the crazy transformation he did from here on out mm-hmm. yeah there, there's a there's a lot of logan going on in that scene it's <laughs> right um and they show it I, I remember that being like one of the big shots from the trailers is like him rising out of the liquid you know all wet and roaring and he's and wearing a white tank top right first thing that happens is he gets shot in the head and it just means nothing now that was just so cool i don't know sorry just a geek fanboy moment but i love that the guy just shoots him right in the face and it's like just doesn't even go through anymore because he's got a metal skull now he just looks at him just looks at him like i'm going to kill you all that was awesome the murder time I'm surprised that nothing was said about Lady Deathstrike in this, but I guess maybe that might have happened later. Yeah, probably later. They wanted to get Brian Cox back for this. Well, I don't know if they did, but I think Brian Cox wanted to come back to play the striker again and just be de-aged or something somehow. (laughs) Yeah. But they didn't do that. They went with a different actor, but that might have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a little flat here, wasn't he? I was... Not yeah, Brian Brian same. Cox was way cooler. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, as, as a striker character. Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting. I don't but know. I, they, they did talk about his son and all that still, so there was so connectivity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was storyline connectivity, but yeah, I, he didn't do a whole lot for me. Then he didn't. He doesn't really have to be that nuanced of a person in this. He's he's just a manipulator. He's never a good person. Yeah. Uh, he's right. He's never really that sympathetic. It's just you think he's on your side being a jerk, but no, he's actually not on your side being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I think Brian Cox had to do a little more um, uh, uh, subtlety because there were scenes where he had to like convince the president to let him invade schools and kill kids and stuff like that, like political <laughs> political things that he had to accomplish besides right. just being a jerk. So it's kind of a more interesting take, I guess. Gave him more to do. Okay, so what happens next? We, that, that, that's when we get to the John and the Martha Kent farmhouse? Yeah, that's like that's probably the best part of the movie, maybe. <laughs> I, I kind of like that stuff. Yeah. It's, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, it's just so kind of doofy and touching. And uh-huh. Logan just not knowing how to respond to other people is always my favorite Logan. I think that Logan, who is awkward and just doesn't have any capacity to interact with other people because he's just been through so much hell in his life, is mm-hmm. the one that I personally read the comic for. So that was actually pretty interesting to watch. I liked the dynamic, and there was a lot of humor in it because the couple are Mon Pa Kent, 100%, mm-hmm. just playing, playing that role. And he's like, I broke your sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course you did, Logan. You don't know how to people. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, it was okay. It, it was it was nice to have the humor to release sort of you know the tension after everything, 
Um, and the bathroom scene was really funny, but mm. I mean, we just have to we just have to mention the claws. Oh God! Often in this movie, look really great. Not in this scene. I, no, and I never really noticed that before. So that's one of that scene, and then following it with the helicopter business just all looks super cheeseball to me for some reason. Just does not hold up anymore. I don't very think ro- it was very that Roger Rabbit. Hold- I don't think it's necessarily holding up. I think I remember in ni- in 2009 seeing that part and going, wow, that's. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like they were flickering almost. Those mm-hmm. claws definitely aren't there in that scene, are they? No. For me, it made it better. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> I love it. This was around the time because through the whole beginning part, I just was kind of baffled by a lot of it and kind of just not not feeling it not in the movie yet and then once this scene happened and what comes after this i had just signed up except for the following scene with the blob which is like upsetting and offensive kind of but uh after after this moment i was sold a hundred percent okay so um they they come for him they shoot up uh, uncle owen and aunt baru and um leave them there to die uh, but he does get the jacket. He gets the jacket first. He gets mm-hmm. the jacket with the um, the stripes on the side. Um, yeah. Give me a minute. I got to grab my jacket. <laughs> love the jacket. Love that he sits on the bike and he weighs an extra 200 pounds now or something like that. That was fun. <laughs> that was a nice uh, beat. Yeah. I love that, you know, they said the word decent and he's like, I haven't had anything decent in a long time. And they just look at him like that's the craziest thing they've ever heard. You know? <laughs> That's all cool stuff because these people are just like wholesome people. So then when they, of course, get blown away, that's really, really freaking horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But they set us up for that, right? It's totally a Rachel Gray moment where she just gets brought into the X-Men comics again and again. So something incredibly horrible can happen to her. That same thing happens to Wolverine pretty perpetually. <laughs> Every person that helps him is doomed to die. But... I can relate. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> who can't? <laughs> All right. So he goes after them. And is this when he realizes that Stryker is actually a jerk or does that still to come? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no, he knew that when he escaped because he overheard with his super senses that they were going to wipe his brain. Remember? Oh, oh yeah. Escape in the first place. Because oh. wipe him and we're going to use him as a robot. Like, Marvel Comics presents, and he didn't like that, so he got out. In case you can't tell, listeners, it's been a little while since we saw this because we've had we have had quite the adventure trying to make this recording happen. <laughs> so it's just bear with us on this one. <laughs> Fourth time is a charm. Right, right. There's this whole business after after they get killed. He jumps on the motorcycle, and there's this fight with all these people, and then he ultimately takes an entire helicopter down all by himself. Oh, yeah. right? Love it. Right? He punches the helicopter right in the face. It, it's awesome. And <laughs> not just make things about Captain America whenever I can. When Captain America First Avenger came out, it's like, eh, he's just walking around shooting people and stuff. This is boring. And then yeah. Avengers came out and like it was a cool movie, but his parts were kind of just like, eh, he's just punching aliens every once in a while or helping Tony with a switchboard. Like this is mm-hmm. boring. And I remember thinking back going like, how come they can't make Cap like Wolverine in that Wolverine movie, like a one-man army that can take down helicopters. Come mm-hmm. on. Take down a freaking helicopter. And then Winter Soldier came out, and he took down a freaking helicarrier by himself. So it's like, hey, they listened to me. Great. 
<laughs> they were they had their ear out on they that. He had the exact same scene, except it was a helicarrier and he didn't use claws. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. <laughs> His shield is razor sharp on the edges. Remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, unless he throws it at you and doesn't slice you in half. It just works <laughs> when it needs to work. It's a very uh, it's a very plot oriented sharpening. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So how do we get to Gambit? I want to so talk about. He goes to Blob, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead, Sarah. Oh no, you're saying exactly the right thing. He goes to Blob. Doesn't Blob give him information? He they call him Remy LeBeau. He always so, stole from us in prison, so we called him Gambit or something like that. So so he goes to his friend, um, whose name I already forgot. Uh, John Wraith. John Wraith. And he wants to find Stryker. And John Wraith tells him about this island where he's experimenting on mutants. And he's like, well, how do I get to that island? We don't know where it is. But Blob knows a guy who escaped. So he goes to ask Blob. And, of course, Blob does not cooperate because Wolverine has no nice skills and made fun of his big, heavy arm that has this tattoo of a woman that used to be 180 pounds lighter. Um and so they get in a fight. Should we talk about the blob or should we just like ignore that? Basically ignore it. But just saying that like if I were the blob, I'd probably punch Wolverine in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Wolverine uh, handled that situation particularly well. But He's then so again, bad at being a person. Then again, he is bad at being a person. So I guess you don't want anything better from him. Right. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he gets better. Yeah. <laughs> but not this one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I found that an entertaining little bit, the whole boxing match thing, I guess. But it just got us to where we needed to go. The blob as a concept is, you know, a little bit weird. And if you're going to have the blob in a movie, I I guess this is how you do it. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't need all of the jokes, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wolverine being a complete jackass about it, you can Right. Well, it, but, it's yeah. inter- it's interesting. He didn't start out big, though. Like initially, he's just a normal sized guy with apparently the power to stop a cannon, and then he just got bigger. So, are they saying he's just eating too much, or is that part of his it's, byproduct of his power. power? Yeah. But he didn't need that earlier. Uh huh. Well, I guess maybe they're saying that his power kicked in later, right? Or uh-huh. grew over time. Like even if it was there earlier, it hadn't really. He hadn't really just gained all the mass mm-hmm. that he did by then. I like the idea that somebody with a physical manifestation power like Fred Dukes wouldn't start out that way, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whatever effect the X gene has on their metabolism would develop and grow and cause changes. I don't know. I think they're just saying he's overeating. Well, that that's a lot more than overeating. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. If Jean Grey lifts you and the ground comes up with your feet. <laughs> yeah. You still haven't read the Peter David Hulk run, huh? I haven't. There's this cool bit where he fight the Gray Hulk fights the Freedom Force, and and the way he beats the Blob is, and he tries to punch, and it doesn't work because once the Blob is standing, like you can't do anything to him. So he grabs the fat of his belly and just starts pulling, <laughs> and he stretches him so far the whole, the Blob starts being concerned that it's going to rip his flesh off. So he lets go with his feet and flies towards the Hulk, and then the Hulk pounds him into space. It's pretty awesome. All right, so then we go to Gambit. Now, there are two looks in my mind for Gambit. There is, he has the wrap around his head with his hair sticking out the top. And, <laughs> like, 
that one headpiece, he actually keeps it through all the years. It's the same headpiece, and I'm not sure he watches it. Um, <laughs> but then there's also like cool 2000s Gambit where his hair is down and he's more like suave looking. And this is the Gambit that we get in the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was delighted. I have had such a problematic history with Gambit. I have always been very much on the fence. There's entire articles I wrote that are just me making fun of Gambit. But he really won me over in this one. And it was by doing the absolute least. It was kind of amazing. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And there there are no, you know, problematic approaches towards women. He doesn't even talk to women. Right. He he doesn't have the chance to be a weirdo. So, So good. His, his one-liners are hilarious. I was laughing so hard. And all of those, did you miss me, kind of little things that he throws in there, I was really impressed and also kind of like, that's the stuff he normally says to Rogue. So right now he's kind of flirting with Wolverine a little he bit. He was totally flirting with Wolverine. Yeah, it's cute. And I liked it. I didn't know I shipped them. Wait, 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 wait. Logam. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I know it exists. I know it already exists. I haven't even brought up archive of our own, and I know it exists it's because of this movie. <laughs> Plus, Wolverine backhanding him and knocking him out for I, like three seconds was also very satisfying. If you still don't like him on some level. Oh yeah, I still low key hate Gambit, and also right. his. <laughs> His goofiness in this movie, though, really just won me over based on the fact that normally I think that he's played up for his charm by people who maybe aren't that charming writing him. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it becomes really aggressive from him sometimes. And that always makes me feel like Gambit is the worst because he is. But in this one, he was kind of the best because he actually helps Wolverine. He comes back to help him, which was very (laughs) cute. And he's the one who kind of walks him away from the whole mess, you know? So I loved Gambit in a way that I was not expecting at all because I don't like that guy. And, you know, this movie is, people will call it definitely famously bad. So I was impressed by the Gambit here. Was it was it with you, Sarah, maybe on Twitter that, we, that I had a conversation? Because I kind of headcanoned at one point that Gambit doesn't actually know French. <laughs> Which is why his French is sometimes bad and off in the comics. Right, yeah. Like, he pretends it, kind of like the the Hispanic guy from Police Academy. He puts on the accent, you know, to get the girls. And so he has all this bad French that he throws out there just, just to look, ha, ha, ha. And it, you know. He's not French, though, is he? He's, he's Cajun, Creole, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Louisiana so French. That- wouldn't that be bad French anyway? <laughs> it might be. I'm not going to speak against the Louisiana French. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Well, not again. I'm just saying different than real than French French. I don't know. It might be. It might be. I don't. I don't know the languages. Uh, but yeah, he's pretty I'm great. Sure French people think Canadians can't speak French either. Right, because it's different French. It's different, right? I don't know. Well, here we but are. I said, I'm sure the comics just get it wrong all the time. We're speaking something that's not exactly English, so. Right. Exactly. Um, All right. So that's when we start to find out things like um, someone's been killing off all the old Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guess who? And capturing kids. So we have the scene where Sabretooth captures Cyclops. So we have a young Cyclops who probably has more who probably has more screen time than the Cyclops that's been in the first three movies. (laughs) 
And it's all him. Sadly. Still. Follow me. I know the way. It's all him just being like, you know, having headaches and shooting things, basically. Yeah, that's the Cyclops we know and love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, he is a, you know, skinny, weird kid who has headaches and wears weird glasses. So they kind of nailed it, I guess. But they don't really give him anything to do. <laughs> that sleeping blindfold was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I like, because we get a scene of him in the classroom, right? Where he's like sitting there uh-huh. in, in class and he gets the uh-huh. headache. And yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I liked uh-huh. that. Um, seeing that as a hint of like, you know, a young Scott Summers life that we just never really get to see on the screen was fun. It sort of sets the stage for stuff that we get end up getting later. Um, but is, is Emma Frost in this as Silver Fox's sister? Yes. What? Well, is that, well, that girl who turned to diamonds, that has to be Emma Frost, well, right? I, I knew that it was Emma Frost, but I was I didn't realize that that was Silver Fox's sister for some reason. I probably honestly, I probably like w- got up and got chips or something because uh, yeah, was- that was that was the girl that she was Silver Fox was doing all this for to try oh. and free. Yeah, her sister. They don't call her Emma Frost, but they do call her Emma. Okay. Okay. According to Wikipedia, it is later revealed by Brian Singer that the character is actually not Emma Frost, but instead a mutant with similar abilities named Emma. <laughs> <laughs> because because they're gonna have Emma Frost in a later yes. movie. So we're gonna have January Jones oh, in the next sure. film. So another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Not that that helps anything, because they might as well have just kept her as Emma Frost, because the continuity is going to go to heck anyway by the it last ten minutes of this movie. So, <laughs> right, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so we are in the situation. We know that there are mutant kids being held. Uh, we know that Striker and Sabretooth are working together, uh, and they've been gathering all these kids because they're going to siphon off the powers and feed them to Deadpool. Is that right? <laughs> they've they've created a Deadpool uh 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 what do you call it? What are those kind of like my least favorite characters in comics? Those like where you just take all the powers of the Justice League and put it in a character or something like that? <laughs> like a Gestalt character or something? Super yeah, scroll. like like a Mazo or something dumb oh, like yeah. that. Anyway, um, did you say Super Scroll? Yeah, I love that. Super yeah. Super Scroll or a Mazo or the composite Superman or all that. You know, I just don't. I like. Not that we should apply science to these movies, but it just feels weird to like, hey, let's let's take the optic blast of this guy and put it in here. How did you do that? How does that even work? I don't understand. And why does he not have to wear a visor now? I don't get it. Anyway. Found Mike's breaking point. <laughs> it's kind of a breaking point, but yeah, it's just weird. But we also learned that Sabretooth thought he was going to get the powers too. That's why he's been doing all this. And then they're like, no, you couldn't survive it because you don't heal as awesome as Wolverine, which made him butthurt. Uh, Wolverine shows up and actually tries to walk away, which is very un-Wolverine, but he does. He's like, I don't need all this craziness because he finds out that Silver Fox was cheating or betraying him the whole time. (laughs) And then Sabretooth like squeezes her neck too hard. She screams. So of course he comes back in and they start fighting. Mm -hmm. And that's when, uh, you know, the Merc with the Mouth, who now has no mouth, is activated. <laughs> and, and they have this big, awesome... So this is the part where usually I didn't really like this movie, because that just seemed weird to do that to Deadpool, and it seemed like a weird character thing. But I didn't find it as bad this time. I actually thought maybe the fight was kind of fun, and it did put uh, interesting twists or, you know, nuances in their brotherhood in that, like, they've been hating each other the whole film, but then when it came down to it, 
you know, Sabretooth did the whole nobody kills you but me thing and like <laughs> tried to help him and stuff, which I liked because, you know, mm-hmm. brothers, bros, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So it didn't bother me as much as it used to. But this is usually where the movie starts tanking. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I thought it was pretty fun. They needed to wrap it somehow. And it was mm-hmm. the moment where Gambit comes back. So Right. <laughs> He's like, hey, boyfriend. I'm going to take you out of here. And Wolverine doesn't remember anything all of a sudden. And it's very sad. For okay. So that's the worst, 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 worst part is mm-hmm. an adamantium bullet. One shouldn't pierce an adamantium skull. They should just, at least not automatically. That's not like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a given. Idea. Yeah. But then two, is he suggesting that any time Wolverine sustained brain damage in his life, his memory resets because he's been in all the wars. So he's had brain damage at some point, a grenade blew off his head, you know, right? or he had a bullet in the back of his head. So that's just a weird, silly thing they do. That kind of drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. Just like if your brain is damaged, he won't remember who he is. What? He's gone his whole life without a metal skull. At some point he's had brain damage. Something has caved in his head. Definitely. I mean, he was in a firing squad. The bullets didn't hit his face? None of them? I don't know. That drives me crazy. Well, they couldn't hit his face because then there would be blood. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Fair enough. Well, they didn't show it off camera. But, you know, 28 guys shooting bullets at you. One of them is going to hit you in the head. (laughs) Probably. Unless they're stormtroopers. But (laughs) no stormtroopers. So for me, the worst, worst, worst part <laughs> was yeah. whenever Silver Fox dies the second time and uh-huh. does her speech of, it's fine, don't worry about it. Because I feel like that also happens to Scarlet Witch later in Endgame where somebody is very upset that they're dying and the woman is just, don't even worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Live your life. It's all good. Yeah. My pleasure. Glad I could help you out. Please leave me a good review on Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it is kind of sad though. Like he loses his memory, and then he just sees this girl that's dead, and he kind of has this like, "Do I, I know. know who that is?" I'm not sure who that is, so I'll just keep going. But he kind of has like this. Uh, it looked like maybe he could sort of possibly remember who that is, but of course he didn't. LOL, who's that? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Just some random girl. I might yep. be attracted to her in a different life. Yep. Only post a note that says Yelp on it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he remembers. Oh my god. <laughs> and then that's how it ends, right? Like he just runs away and Gambit runs another direction. And Xavier and... shows up to save all oh, the kids. That's right. That's okay. Right. So put a pin in Patrick that because because Xavier's walking. He's standing there. Uh huh. So, Put a pin in that because that's going <laughs> to not make any sense later down the road. But like next movie, it's fine next movie right down the now. Road? Yeah, like the next movie down the road will under undo that completely. But whatever. <laughs> I forgot, too, about the part where they just, for no reason, climb to the very tallest spot <laughs> to have their fight. They're like, this is going to look awesome. Uh, didn't he teleport up there and for some reason they decide to go after him? Like, I don't know. Let's just go Wolverine has to like climb up with his claws or something, right? Is that what I'm seeing in my head? <laughs> yep. Boy, that must have taken forever. Oh. <laughs> you know what yep. the most boring part of Spider-Man is? Climbing the buildings. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. 
that's not a short distance. And he's doing it on all fours. And here's Wolverine. He can't even just like, you know, scramble up. He's got a claw and claw <laughs> and claw. <laughs> <laughs> it happens in two seconds in this movie. But in real life, it would it take was... significantly longer. He gets to the top, and it's been 84 years. Yeah. He's all, I'm going to get you, and then a few days pass. (laughs) (laughs) By the time he gets to the top, we have the other Deadpool movies. (laughs) Well, that gets retconned, too, because this guy gets just shot in the head anyway. So, Oh, that's right. But anyway. Uh, But whenever we see him alive at the end, his uh, mouth sewing has been That's right. That's how this ends. And he's alive. Now he can make jokes again. <laughs> and there was also a post-credit with Stryker walking with bloody feet and stuff, right? Oh, or something. That's how that. it did. Yeah, and they're like, hey, Stryker, we need you for something. And he's like, oh, okay. And then as if they were going to set up the Avengers, I guess. I don't know. It didn't work. <laughs> Whatever it was. I can't remember what they needed him for. Right. They just I guess they were just setting up X2. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Why Brian Fox is not still walking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the end. And, you know, it's an okay movie. I, again, I don't think any of these Wolverine solos are like A-pluses, but it's good enough to watch. I've watched it before. You know, if it's on Fox and I'm scrolling around, I'd probably watch it. <laughs> I feel like it has a comic book tone in that it doesn't take itself super seriously. Mm-hmm. You can watch it and have a good time with the story and also poke fun. Because comic books, the comic, you know... They're funny books, right? You're, you read them, you have a good adventure, but there's also supposed to be like some, at least none. It doesn't have to be in all the stories, obviously. But generally speaking, you expect to have a little bit of, you know, fun and lightheartedness and poking fun at things, especially if they're older. This, this was definitely the 60s comic book version of the X-Men film franchise. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of the things I think is cool about the direction they went, because if you read that Marvel Comics Presents, it's pretty dark you know he's just like he's in a robot suit killing bears and eating deer and having this horrible life that they're putting him through whereas this movie he escapes that and he gets a fun scene with an old couple then he gets a fun scene with blob and dukes or whatever or that is the blob or whatever the heck the guy's name is and uh gets a fun scene with gambit so it's like there was a lot of lighthearted moments after the weapon x program which was interesting Yeah, I feel like they were just trying to combine every Wolverine story into a single movie, and they had varying degrees of success. It's (laughs) definitely, um, I understand why everybody says that it's the very worst, because it is, but also I had a lot of fun watching it. And I'm at this stage now where I get to just be delighted by the X-Men franchise. Whenever they were all coming out, I was disgusted by a lot. (laughs) I was just very judgy about a lot of this stuff so it is really nice to be able to look at it a little bit later and have an, a lens of forgiveness and be able to enjoy Remy LeBeau <laughs> I don't know if this is the worst but I'm trying to figure out if that's true or not But mm, I mean we did talk I, about <laughs> I mean we haven't talked about some movies yet but I think maybe I, the three uh, that I hear always get put on the bottom are Last Stand Wolverine Origins and Apocalypse. I think Apocalypse might be the worst, but we'll find out. I haven't seen that many times. <laughs> I remember just finding that super cheese ball for some reason. What's anyway, the one after uh, this? Huh? What's the one uh, after this? X Men First Class. Oh. <laughs> that one's that one's on the high side for most people, really. Right. So we'll see. It, yeah, it was 
it was a way step up from this. It, it definitely has its problems, and um, but it there there's some most of that movie is really solid to watch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it yet either, huh? I haven't watched it. Okay, awesome. This is interesting. <laughs> It's funny that the person on the show who's read more X-Men comics than anybody hasn't seen the movies. So mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting take. To, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You're too busy reading comics, I guess. Yeah, and getting like, you know, but my way of doing the X-Men is different. Like getting very uh, nervous about it. Uh-huh. Pushing my glasses up and reading my comics. But yeah, I'm excited. I like all of these movies so far. I forgive them. <laughs> They're all, all right. So we'll be back in a month ish for more X Men. Um, and there is another episode on the feed, of course, that you can go and listen to. It's about something regarding superheroes in the 60s. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Maybe an X Men. Maybe an X Men. Sarah, what are, some, uh, what are some recent headlines that you've put out there as far as uh, the stuff you do for Sci Fi Fangirls? Well, today is Barbara Eden's birthday, her 88th birthday. So I wrote a career retrospective on Barbara Eden, who's the person who played I Dream of Jeannie uh-huh. and was in a bunch of genre movies that are at varying degrees of mostly not great movies, but she's really fun to watch in them. And um, I don't know. I've been writing a lot about Thor. Those articles aren't up yet, though, but they might be the, by the time this goes up because there's the new Thor movie in the works. So I wrote about Lady Sif. I wrote about Amora the Enchantress again in a different way <laughs> and some other stuff. And Mike, uh, where can they find us? Uh, at MakeOursMarvel.com, which has links to our feed and our Facebook and Twitter and uh, contact form you can use to write in or just write us at podcast at makearsmarvel.com. All right. Okay, so go listen to our other episode um, and be back in a month for more X-Men goodness. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>